everybody. Welcome to Melly Watches. I'm Kelsey Davis. And I'm Melody Heber. We're your hostesses with the mostesses. This week, Melly watched The Usual Suspects from 1995. This movie has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 89%. TBH, a little surprising it's that low. Like, I would expect high 90s. How interesting. But yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, okay. the, so, uh, to TBH, the score I use is the uh, Tomatometer, which is different than the, like, fan vote. There's two votes on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it a combination of the critics and the fan score, then? Unclear. I'll have to look at... We can parking lot it. Oh, God, our first parking our lot. Our first parking seconds, lot. 48 seconds in. How exciting. Um. So, I get... I use the Rotten Tomato Tomatometer as opposed to the fan vote because fans vote for Sharknado. Right. <laughs> but critics hated Princess Bride. So I don't know. Who do you hate more? Am I right? Uh, sharks. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even part of the options. <laughs> and you can't hate sharks. They're just doing a little shark thing. They're just trying to survive in this plastic salad we've made for them. Uh, okay. So I get 89 words to uh, summarize this movie. I actually did it in 61. Okay, good job. Well, as you'll see in this movie, it's hard to really give anything without giving away too much. Right. Right. All right, go for it. A seemingly simple heist goes up in flames, and the timeline leading up to the heist is explained by a single survivor in what turns out to be a masterful game of cat and mouse, where both parties think they are the cat. The greatest trick the cat ever pulled was convincing the mouse it's actually the cat, or a barbershop quartet. Damn, dude. Nice. Thanks. A lot of hidden stuff, a lot of hidden gems in there. I did my best. You, Yeah, you really nailed it. Your NPR voice is a little bit off this time, but like we're just riding high from this movie. I'm riding real high. I've okay. been wanting you to watch this movie for a long time, okay. which is why we didn't have a vote. We couldn't have a vote. I need right. it, and I need it then. And it's a great thing we did because fucking Mursad. <laughs> so the plot overview here. You really nailed it with all of it because it really gets all the crazy secretive points of the movie. So I... I went into this movie fairly blind at first, except yesterday I was talking about the podcast with a coworker and he's like, Oh, is that the one with the guy with the fake limp? And I, and my other coworker goes, no, Julia (laughs) Julia, came to our aid. Right. So now that didn't mean anything to me at the time, but the moment the movie starts, I'm like, well, okay, Kevin Spacey's something weird here he's he's lying yeah so something's happening but i don't quite know what Mm -hmm. so that was really all that i had going i don't have a ton of notes about this because you're just like trying to understand what's going on Mm -hmm. i wrote down okay so we're starting with murder fire and intrigue like i'm all in (laughs) did you write that down yes (laughs) murder fire and intrigue all right um they're a real big fan of the word cocksucker yeah Said that a lot. So I have some thoughts on that for later. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get to that. The other thing that was immediate that immediately stuck out to me was just seeing Kevin Spacey after Mm -hmm. all of this craziness about him has come out. You're like, oh, you're really fucking disgusting. You are disgusting. Um, So I was doing some 
research yeah. while you were trying to. Uh, I'm going to call it parse, peel, peel back the onion. Peel back the onion. Parse through the layers. Yeah. Make your way through that part. Should we just say like infinite spoiler alert on this movie? Like, I feel like here's the thing. I feel like a movie if that was in 1995. To this, new, this podcast, yeah. you are given the title that we're watching. You know we're going to talk about it. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's not like I'm suddenly like Dumbledore dies <laughs> or something. Oh, and spoiler alert! Jesus, Kelsey. If you don't know that already, why are you talking to me? They're not. They're listening. I don't give a shit. Nailed it. Did you? <laughs> so. I did some research. Yeah, yeah. And things start, like, you know, hindsight. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, I hear it's 2020, but next year, Warrensight will be 2020. Goo! Oh, no! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Anywho, okay, research. Go, go. Can't think, can't talk. So, I did some internetting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brian Singer, yeah, yeah. who is the... I don't know, showrunner, director, producer, whatever. Yeah. Of this, of usual suspects. He also had a lot of accusations coming his way um, that were very similar to Kevin Spacey's accusations. And in my looking around, I guess Brian Singer and some of his friends tried to do some sort of YouTube thing back in the day before YouTube was a thing. But instead of having it be like, you know, chocolate rain and, um, Ava going, I'm a grandmother. Mm -hmm. It is, uh, ended up being, I guess, just a bunch of pedophile video type shit. Oh, neat. Super neat. And he would have these huge parties at his like super fancy pool house type, not pool house. And be gross. And invite all these twinks, which for you non-gays are thin, young, gay boys. But, um, oh, are you learning? Yeah. Oh, you were raised by straights. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, I mean, I knew what that's that was, a word. I know what it is. I'm just cool out. Okay. No one's questioning your gayness, least of all me. Um, so he would have these parties, but the thing is, is like all of these accounts are from pe- kids or a- adults now who are saying that they were brought to the this pool house or brought to these pool parties at like 13, 14, 15, 16 with promises of being in movies. I mean, you're what you would expect douchey, gross things to happen. Yeah. But you really only hear about it with, like, Harvey Fire... Not Firestein. No, he's a gem. Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. And doing that shit with women, when in reality, there was this whole thing, the thing that Corey Feldman's been talking about for decades, the reason that Corey Haim got hardcore into drugs and, and fucking Brad Renfro got hardcore into drugs. Like, any of... In my mind now, any of these child boy actors were probably got to by this fucker and his crew of pedophile fuckers. Oh, I'm so angry now. So Singer looked out for Spacey and Spacey looked out for Singer. So obviously they were just bad guys looking out for each other. Cause like Gabriel Byrne had said that the um, shooting for this movie was shut down for some time due to Spacey's inappropriate sexual behavior that somebody wrote off as being rumors that people were laughing off at the time as being like, oh, that's Kevin, silly guy, he's he's a card. When in reality, he was, you know, molesting children. Um, So one of the most notable accusers of um, singers, Anthony Edwards of ER fame, And the most notable, I mean, everyone has a right to their voice and a right to their story, obviously, but for people who are in the know of 
actors. Um, and one of Kevin Spacey's biggest one is Anthony Rapp of mm-hmm. Adventures in Babysitting and Rent fame. Right. So, you know, all that's coming out. Singer has over 120 accusers. Isn't that fucked? Yeah, this has been super We've fun take, to talk. Yeah. Hey, man, we knew going into this we would need to address the problematic shit. Yeah. There's How do you love a movie when the two main people in it are horrible, Fucking, monstrous human yeah. beings? It's hard. So this is taking a turn. I but, know. But we knew this was coming. All right. Yeah. We've talked so, about the problematic people. I'm, I'm done talking about them. These fucks. These fucks. They're all garbage. But this movie was a banger. It was a banger. For sure. So is, how did... I don't even know how we got on that tangent. Because you... of Well, because of Cocksucker. And then right. you wrote Kevin Spacey. Hard to watch. Yeah. he He's always just fucking creepy he's creepy in this movie he's creepy in everything you watch american like, beauty yeah creepy just in that just his mannerisms and creepy movements yeah you're like you are probably gross in real well, life turns and, out he is fucking gross yeah and the whole time everyone was like oh he wasn't you know he's just he's just a bachelor you know he doesn't have a wife because he's a bachelor and then everyone is like wink winking he's right. a bachelor because he's gay but doesn't want to come out jodie foster style when in reality he likes little boys Garbage. Garbage. Complete garbage. Throw the whole man away. Put him on the boat with the Hungarians. Right. Well, okay. We got to get into the fucking meat and bones of this movie here and stop talking about this shit. So, I don't even know where to begin because there's so many, there were so many backstories and stories going on that I was like, wait, what is happening? Who are we talking Mm -hmm. about? Like, I wrote to you so many layers to this story and then. Two lines down, wrote something else, and then turned to you and said, there are so many lines to this story mm-hmm. that it's actually getting hard to like keep track of all of it. Yeah. So you it starts off with it's, you know something bad's going on, and then you flip to six weeks prior, and you're like, okay, I'm already digging a movie that does this. Right. Then we go through the whole story of Kevin Spacey's telling uh, how he was the only one alive in this whole shebang. Mm-hmm. And you're going through all of it, and all of a sudden there's police investigations, and they're brought in for a lineup. And uh, they understand that all of a sudden they're going to maybe do a job. So they do a job, and then another job leads to another job, and then things go awry, and everybody seems interconnected. And then we get to this big thing where we find out that Kobayashi is working for Soze, mm-hmm. and now we start hearing about Kaiser Soze, and you're like, okay, well, who the hell is this guy? And then everything starts to unfold, and it gets to be about 30 minutes left in the movie, and I turn to Kelsey and go, how, how much time is left in this movie? Pops the thing up, 30 minutes. I was like, yep, shit's about to go down. <laughs> they're going on this boat, and everything starts going crazy, mm-hmm. and then I all of a sudden I turn to Kelsey and I go, God damn it. Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Soze. And Kelsey can't keep a straight face. And she just goes, what? I couldn't. I can't lie to you. She hides behind a pillow. I did. And won't like answer or say anything. And I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense now. And I'm kind of annoyed at myself. That took me this long to figure it out. Why Julia was like, like screaming (laughs) at him. Because now it makes sense because, well, whatever. But then I turned to Kelsey and said, I feel like I have this image in my brain of Kevin Spacey walking away with the limp and then suddenly he starts walking normally. And that's like, I'm like, why do I know that? Because he's like, it's like the most famous fucking scene in the history of the land. What did I call it? I called it a rosebud of a scene. Have you seen Citizen Kane? No. (sighs) 
Add it to the list. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everyone's seen this movie, so I don't need to go too far down this replot overview, but my reactions are this movie was amazing. Now, if had that part not been said to me about the guy with the fake limp, mm-hmm. this would have been like a sob moment or like a Shawshank Redemption moment have where you're like, Saw? yeah, the first one. It's scary. I know it's horrifying, but my God, that movie has the most insane twist at the end. That's what I would equate this to. If I yeah, had not known absolutely. any single thing to that, I don't know that many people would have put that together. I didn't. Well, so here's how. And you always count, like can pick that shit out like from a mile away. I first saw this movie. This movie, how it came to me, has a very special story, actually. It will not take 20 minutes. We'll have plenty of time. Um, we'll see. So I started dating this boy named Johnny Wax uh, when I was a, I guess, a sophomore. And it was my birthday, but we'd only known each other for a little minute. And so instead of buying me things that he knew I would like, he bought me his favorite things so that we could get to know each other better. Super fucking cute. Super fucking thoughtful. I'm his only ex-girlfriend as far as I know. So there we go. He gave me um, his favorite candies. He gave me a uh, Cheryl Crow live CD where she was singing with the Dixie Chicks like as a dual live album or Damn, whatever. that's a dream. It's in my, it's in my case. We won't listen to that we later. We will listen to it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we listened, and then he gave me Usual Suspects yeah. on VHS. So uh, I started watching it, but it was, you know, the first of the school year, because my birthday's coming up, y'all. And I would try to watch it when I got home, and I would just fall asleep. I would just fall asleep because I was so tired, you know, as a teenager. I, was... I won't lie to you. We started this movie at the beginning of my witching hour, so mm-hmm. my eyes were like super drooper. Yeah, and then super you turn you turn the other light on, and then I was then it started getting crazy, and then yep. I was in, and then you're like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> Who are all these people? Right. What right. is Benicio del Toro doing? He's Why so- can't I understand him? Right. <laughs> if we didn't watch movies, that was an acting choice for sure. But if we didn't watch movies with closed caption on, I wouldn't have picked up legit anything he said that was the whole point of that yeah yeah he was supposed to be kind of unintelligible and they were supposed to like ad lib they all the Mm -hmm. actors were encouraged to ad lib which uh ends up being how kevin pollock uh and stephen baldwin hate each other because of the way they interacted in this movie oh it's been what 20 right 20 years 24 years and they hate each other they won't talk about why exactly they just have a feud. I mean, Stephen Baldwin always plays a hothead mm-hmm. that probably translates to real life, too. Possibly, except him and Fieldy from Corn and some other guy put together a Christian, Christian rock, rock label. <laughs> label. Uh, do you think Jars of Clay plays for them? No, they are a pop <laughs> Christian label. Oh. Pop and rock are totally different. Pardon me. Obviously. My God. I'm just glad it wasn't Monkey because Monkey's my favorite corn member. I loved him I so know. much. You may know, but our audience doesn't know, right. except for the people who knew my cat, Monkey, <laughs> and saw my bathroom in my high school house that you was covered nerd. in corn and kitty and Jinko jeans. I had one pair because we were poor. Mm. I couldn't buy Jinko jeans left and right. Well, neither I could, we didn't either, but because I didn't want them. You didn't I, want them. I saw that they were a horrible fashion decision. No, man. And so I went so with super ultra low rise jeans. So my ass crack hung out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so meanwhile, my ass crack was covered and I had all these pockets for activities. I know. God, I'm, remember the 90s when you had pockets and scrunchies? 
you still have scrunchies. I do. They're great. I love them. We've gotten wildly off track as per Who years. cares? I don't have a ton else to say about this movie. Like, oh, there was something that uh, they did. Any deep, deep again? And no, just they did a like a pan of New York, and uh, I forget how iconic the Twin Towers were. Yeah, and, and that how was present. They were how present they were, and that was always this the the building or the the shot that was indicative of New York City. Right, like showing the arch here. Yes. And so like every time it was New York, it was the same thing with friends. They yeah. would always pan to the Twin, Twin towers, towers until after 2011 happened or 2001 happened and then they like pulled that shot out of there and no one will have that shot anymore because it just immediately brings up, you know, all the fucking terror. Yeah. But when the moment they both came on screen at the exact same time we went, "Oh, because we forget. Yeah, it like, was like obviously never forget, but but we, for real though, you just you're not used to seeing them anymore. I, so that's what you forget mm -hmm. is that how often the images were used in right. just everything. How a part of our culture mm -hmm. those two buildings were. Yeah. Hmm. And this is ninety five. This is what six years before they would get hit. Mm hmm. It's crazy. It is crazy. But, Another thing that w that caused me to be like. Oh, yeah. It was all the smoking in the hospital. So much smoking. So much smoking. She had to tell the nurse lady, doctor, whatever. Like, hey, you can't smoke to, that going into the had room. Had to tell, yeah, what's his name? Carmen Esposito. Like, hey, dude, you can't smoke that big-ass stogie. Right. Who smokes a cigar? The grandpa from fucking uh, Christmas Vacation, that's who. <laughs> Got that my stogie. That blasting. <laughs> He's the, him and that guy, the detective and the grandpa are the only two spoke stogies like that. Oh, oh, oh. The uh, junkyard owner from Sandlot in the story they tell. Yeah, you're right. He does have a good one. Man, that is obscure. Way to go. Sandlot is not obscure. No, but that Ooh, specific. Y'all, we need to vote on what obscure really is. What was the movie you were saying was obscure? You were saying this was obscure. You were saying what was the other movie? I didn't say Usual sub Suspects was obscure. There was, I don't know. We have, we have to define what obscure. All right, we'll really we'll is. take it to the internet. We're getting off topic here. Because like, you know, Drop Dead Gorgeous is not obscure. Christy Drop Alley's Dead Fred it. is obscure. I think. No, I don't know many people that have seen that movie. We're gonna vote on it. Okay, that's fine. Put it, write it down. All right, vote on obscure. Heart, if you've seen Drop Dead Fred. Angry face, if you haven't. All right, so that's the movie. It is the twist of ultimate twists. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that bothers me is we'll never know these people's names. Like Kobayashi and Kaiser Soze and Verbal. Like, what are their actual names? So what you're doing is you're assuming that story was real and not just some bullshit that, that no, Kaiser I'm Soze made up from things he saw on the board. Oh... That's what that whole scene was about. No, that no, was no, the no, extra no, twist no. I told you about. No, I didn't take it as that at all. I took it as the how he figured out he was Kaiser Soze was based off of the things from the board, not that the story itself was fake. That I think that the story actually happened, but then he pulled in all those names and all those stupid things just to so there's no way to, to tie it. more details or whatever. We had to give details because it makes it seem like you're in the in the things because he was seemingly in the things that that boat explosion happened all that stuff happened so he the details and the names and stuff he was giving was just off of the board so he could never be traced and found 
because everything he said was made up. There is no Kobayashi. There is no any of these things. Hmm. Right? I don't know. No, that's not the... I'm right here. That's not the twist. For me, that seems to be an Inception spinner situation. I don't think that was the intention there. The intention was that that's how he figured out that Kevin Spacey was Kaiser Soze. Walk me through that. I just did. Mm -mm. The board. So he was looking at the board and and he he sees sees all the names that indicate that he was bullshitting Mm -hmm. this. And he thinks, oh, this entire story is true. He just changed some of the facts. So it is very clear that the boat exploded and that people were dead. Totally. So that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So all of that stuff actually happened, but then just the actual details he was giving about it were made up, like the names and whatever were made up. Not that the yeah, not that the whole like thing didn't happen because they had to bring all five of those guys together. He wanted all five of those guys to come together because they all fucked up previous deals of his. Mm -hmm. So to me, all of that happened. He just threw in a bunch of bullshit. So he could walk out of that building, which is what happened. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's something we can talk to the the audience about. Because I feel like he bullshitted 90% of how things came to be. Like, yeah, the jewelry heist happened, but Redfoot I don't think was real. But yet, so to me, Redfoot was a person mm-hmm. that is real, but his name was not Redfoot. Like he just changed all of the things. So it just leaves, there's no way to figure it out because it was there's all no the, way to know who to get to. Right. Because Redfoot could be you, but you're Kelsey. Right. You're, you were never known as Redfoot anywhere else except for that exact story he just told. Right. I get that. So you're saying that he gave a bunch of fake names because then the Chaz Palminteri character and the um, Cher's dad yeah. could, um, <laughs> uh, of Quantum Leap yes. fame, oh boy, uh, wouldn't be able to go to this guy and be like, hey, yeah. Redfoot, Kaiser Soze named your ass in this jewelry heist. Uh, killed fucking Saul the right. Saul the walrus. This was that he was all those things to me happened because that one guy knew who he Arturo, was. Yeah. What's his face? Yeah. So he the he did all of this and he sent in those five guys because he knew that they were going to be like, yeah, fuck it, we're screwed here. Yeah, send in the five guys, get some burgers. Yeah. So it all happened. <laughs> I'm right here, but we will take this to the internet. I'm- all right, so we got to move on because we don't have we only have eight minutes left and we have some shit to barrel through here. Okay, well, would this work in 2019? For sure. Totes. And I kind of hope, no, I don't know. You can't redo it because the twist is the twist. The unless twist you, is the twist. Unless you come up with another twist. Mm-hmm. But the kind of sort of premise has happened in plenty of movies absolutely. before. So, Saw. yeah, I'm, this movie absolutely works in 2019. I'm here for it if they want to do it again with people who aren't disgusting. Right. Rating. Oh, man. Okay. This is difficult for me because I think that had I not known of the uh, limp being fake and whatever, mm-hmm. that that ending would have, I would have been like, oh my God, immediate five watches. But because I kind of figured it out based mm-hmm. off of context clues, I'm like, well, okay, sure. I could see All that right. coming from my way. So I'm going to remove myself from the knowing of the fake limp and I'm going to go. With my first five watches. 
Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Don't worry. I have an app that has all oh, of it. Has the-, the pew, pew, pew. Well, we'll wait. Yeah. Oh, you got to turn your volume on in your phone. You're a technological genius. Excuse me. I'm the one who's got okay, all of this on. going. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Five Melly Watches stars. <laughs> Good job, Kitty. Yeah, thank you. So, what's your rating? Oh, it's five. Okay, that's what I was just checking. When I first watched this, it took me months to right. really sit down and watch it because, you know, it, I kept falling asleep. I was like, this movie's long and I'm just not getting into it. And I was like, you know, and it was long after Johnny Wax and I were no longer, uh, you know, a, a thing. Uh, that I finally watched it. And since we were still friends, I was like, dude, this movie's amazing. And he's like, what took you so long? So yeah, that's yeah. the story. Love it. All right. Uh, one thing on the parking lot about the tom- tomatometer. Tomatometer. So it's it the says critics. It's uh, reviews are given a film accumulate. Some score measures the percentage that are more positive than neg- negative and assigns an overall fresh or rotten rating to the movie. Scores of over 60% are considered fresh, and scores of 59% and under are rotten. Right. And if you get over a certain amount, you're certified fresh. And oh, snap. Yeah, snap. I'm, so, again, surprised this one wasn't certified fresh. I I believe it is. Oh, okay. It's 89%. So oh, that would have to be certified it. Certified fresh. So we have to vote on Obscure, and we have to get audience input on whether... The whole story was a lie. Right. Or just, or the, just the, names. the names and circumstances were... So and that's that's, it. It. that's all that's all she wrote. That is all she wrote. So feels good to be back. We've done it does feel good to yeah. be back. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. So what we've done in the meantime is the little housekeeping type stuff. We are now on iTunes. Pew pew pew. <laughs> uh Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Anchor. <laughs> please subscribe. Please rate and review. But only if you love us. We don't want to hear your negativity. That's not how we roll. That is not how we roll. Um, we can also follow us on Facebook where most of our interaction happens because we're old like that. Right. We are also on the Twitters. Uh, Melly Watches Pod. Right. Okay. And you can email us at mellywatchespodcast at gmail.com. When's the last time you checked that email? The last time we did a thing and we got <laughs> the email from Jess Caves. Right. We'll check our email when we're done. Okay. And then I'll Twitter out the new things and we'll catch up on the twits. Great. All right, everybody. That's all she wrote. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.